And who's ready to record? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready now. Beautiful. Always beautiful. Marry me a little. All right. Uh, but I'm ready for an awkward intro. Oh, well, I'm, I didn't bring my notes, so that's awkward. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about this. Jonathan, is that you? I'm here, just sitting here thinking one day I want to I be in a theater production of Sweeney Todd, and I want to be Sweeney Todd. I feel okay. like that's a character anybody could play. Like, you don't have to be a good-looking person to be Sweeney Todd. You don't really have to be good-looking except to be, like, one, one role in that show. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Just, yeah. just, just turns out that Michael Cerberus, too, was the, uh, the uh, revival Sweeney Todd is hot as hell. So Yeah, yeah. I just so, uh, came across a TikTok with, I think it was Josh Groban. Oh, yeah. Groban's playing him on Broadway right now. Yeah, so probably right now, like as <laughs> right we speak, we're, yeah. we're talking. Yeah, <laughs> and I was a uh, was kind of digging it. So yeah, I you know I've never liked Josh Groban as a recording artist, but yeah. I've really liked him as an actor. And yeah, yeah, I would love to see him play Sweeney Todd. <laughs> <laughs> he he's really uh charmed me in the past uh, decade or so. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody watch that that cop show he did with Tony Danza as his dad? I didn't. I (laughs) saw some clips. I never actually watched the show, but it looked... It's on Netflix. It's really charming. (laughs) Nice. What about about you guys? If you could be in a theatrical production of anything, what would you want to be in? What role? Are are we doing... Can I say assassins, or would you like me to pick something that I don't talk about all the time? (laughs) Yeah, let's let's go ahead and go with your number two then. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because <laughs> I will, I will play literally anyone in Assassins. Uh, that's a good question. Um, my biggest problem is that I'm a baritone, so most musicals aren't written for me. Mm. That's and fair. I, and I've played my number one dream role that wasn't in Assassins, and that was Amos in Chicago. Mm. Nice. So you're that guy. I always bring that up. Is you're always the guy that's happy to not get the lead. It's it, and it's. it's it, it, and it's not even that I'm happy to not get the lead. It's just that I am a pragmatist and I know that I'm not going to be able to sing most of the songs unless they like key them down for me. And I don't want them to do that. Yeah. It's, and that's, that's kind of what's, and I, I feel like the problem with that is, is because we get these like perfect renditions. It's like when, uh, when I saw, uh, Phantom of the Opera, when that, when that came out in theaters, and you, you know, you get a phantom that's generally a tenor two, and they mm. bring in a bass. And you're just like, no, that's that's wrong. It completely changes fucking see, everything. See, but me being being more on the baritone side, I yeah. could play phantom. I just hate that show, yeah. and I never want to be. Mm. I understand. <laughs> I I have actively avoided being cast in Weber shows twice. So, and and I would 100 percent understand. Phantom is the only phantom is like the rock for me. Like there. I, I like Phantom, and because I think Andrew Lloyd Webber made one decent show. Um, the Rock is a good movie. If I had to go non-musical, my favorite play of all time is "The Importance of Being Earnest" by Oscar Wilde. Oh, okay. And I, I could play either of the the main guys in that, and I would be so happy. Especially Algernon; he's so much fun. Fair. You see, I 
I'm not a, I, I don't have a theater kid bone in my body. I I wouldn't want to be on stage. I'd want to be like backstage or something or or helping write a a treatment of a play or something. I don't know. But so I I don't have any roles that I think I would really like to play. What about, a, what about on the director side? What if something you think you could improve upon yourself as a director? Hmm. Well, Paul's the director too, so I want to I want to direct Julius Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to direct Julius Caesar and I want to yeah. set it. I want to set it in a Georgia prison. I, I, I could yes. not direct. I, I couldn't do it. I give me something to do and I will give you everything I have to do it, but mm. do not make me tell you to do things. This is why the largest fight in my house is what do you want for dinner? Because I just don't want to make a decision. But the, the <laughs> really, the really fucking cool thing about directing is that the best directors know how to collaborate really well. Like mm-hmm. you, you come in with kind of a vision and you, you mold actors, but you also let them go because during rehearsals, they'll find something. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it's like, I wish I would have thought to do that. Please do that every night now. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about directing. It's such a collaborative thing to do nice. uh, because, you know, I've, I've only directed a few shows and I would love to direct more, but I, I mostly just haven't had the time or ability um but the thing about that i i love the most about directing is going in with that vision and just letting a project become its own thing right and then and then showing up on opening night and then showing up on closing night and then finding finding the things that the actors found through live performance that worked better because no live show is ever the same yeah Mm -hmm. Right. And and there's you get to the end of a, a run of a show, and sometimes if it's like the last performance, suddenly like all bets are off, and it is a new show. Yeah, <laughs> it's really Fair cool. Enough. Yeah. All right. You guys want to talk about a movie? Let's talk about a movie. you beautiful people out there in podcast land and for our german listeners guten abend my name is paul workman i'm jonathan pierce i'm zach mccoy and we are your oscar grouches welcome back to the oscar podcast a show where we discuss oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the academy went wrong if they went wrong and what film are we watching this week zach we're watching woman of the year a dynamic career woman meets a sobering everyman and their lives become intertwined oh is this everybody's first time seeing woman of the year yes 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 so oscar firsties for us congratulations everybody well done proud of us Mm -hmm. um but uh that also brings us to our oscar breakdown Hey guys, we're at the 15th annual Academy Awards. Hooray. And our best original screenplay category is Woman of the Year winning, giving Michael Kanan and Ring Lardner Jr. Academy Awards. Uh-huh. Uh, it beats out our aircraft. One of our aircraft is missing, which is written by Powell and Pressburger. 
uh, Road to Morocco, written by Frank Butler and Dan Hartman. Wake Island, written by W.R. Burnett, Frank Butler. So Frank Butler, twice in the category. And The War Against Mrs. Hadley, written by George Oppenheimer. And uh, outside of Best Original Screenplay, our Oscar breakdown, uh, Woman of the Year nominated for Best Actress, giving Katherine Hepburn a nomination. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go ahead real quick and see where she's at at this point. She has won one Academy Award for Morning Glory in 1933 at the 6th Annual Academy Awards. It's been nominated for Alice Adams and the Philadelphia Story, losing both of those. And she would lose this Academy Award to Greer Garson for Mrs. Miniver. Oh, indeed. I think. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Person. Uh, not, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more in a moment. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's it. That's our two, two nominations. One wins. So a 50 percenter after uh, last week's disaster that was Citizen Kane only winning one Academy Award. <laughs> and there All we are. Right. All right. Well, let's talk about this movie. Let's. Well, I'll take a look at the writers real quick. Uh, I guess I'm just looking at their information. Uh, Lardner had been a publicist and script doctor. Mm -hmm. um, Woman of the Year was one of his... I, I don't have a list of all his work here, but he hadn't done a lot before Woman of the Year. Um, some interesting things will happen to him about a decade from now. And Michael yeah. Cannon. Is it Cannon? Uh, I was saying Cannon. Cannon. Could be Cannon. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is a this is a script from that was a treatment from Kanan's brother. Okay. That uh, when he when his brother left for World War II, uh, his brother Garson Kanan, uh, him and Lardner started working on this script. Okay. Um, but yeah, Kanan pretty much did an outline that was handed to. Joseph Mankiewicz by Hepburn herself, and uh, she didn't put the names on the outline because she didn't want them to lowball the writers. Okay. Which, during this time of the writer strike, Catherine Hepburn, good people, apparently. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, allegedly, the, the sale goes for like $250,000, and she takes half of that as kind of a finder's fee and she's a semi-producer on the project as well okay nice but uh i believe this is pretty much kanan and lardner's first big this is this is pretty much their big break yes so how do we how do we feel about kanan and lardner's script for woman of well no hold on let's yeah we're doing overall thoughts first what are our overall yeah. thoughts on this movie <laughs> <laughs> i almost want to ask your thoughts first paul i know we normally hold sure you for the... sure yeah. i i always feel bad that i go last so i'm fine with going first I you go this, first today i think this is fine i i think it's stronger in the first two acts than it is in the third act i don't think it i think it peters out pretty badly at the end but apparently there are reasons for that that we'll get into uh and i i think hepburn is running on all cylinders in this film she is magnetic in every single way that an actress can be. I mean, she is normally, but yes, sure. I, uh, specifically in this film. Yes. That, that's my overall thoughts on this film. Overall thoughts. Yeah. Good. I, uh, I agree with you. I, 
you guys i don't i'm not sure how much of uh redditors you guys are but have you ever hardly at gone all gone on like the uh am i the asshole subreddit <laughs> i yes. follow them on i follow them on twitter so yeah. i i i get the subreddit but i don't get it through reddit i, I feel like this is one of those everybody's the asshole kind of movies mm. that mm-hmm. turns into a in a modern lens pretty problematic mm-hmm um message in the end um <clears throat> where you and, and it's so hard to not watch this movie with that modern lens mm. because you see a movie that's you know in the 40s still i believe yeah, yeah. and you see an empowering woman respected and yeah, just talking kind of to world leaders yeah like like and it's 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 not even like it's so nonchalant with it too. It's 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 very like yeah no everybody's like yeah no she's kind of the boss like she she rocks shit like she's awesome and it's not because she's a woman she's just kind of awesome so and then they just kind of turn that into something else and they turn her crazy in no way and you're just like what no what are we doing with this so mm-hmm. when, when and I bring it up only because like for the overall. Like I said, I agree with you. I think definitely the act three uh, in the writing Peters, like it's just kind of like, where do we go from here? You know, we, we, we've saw how the conflict is and, and, and your understanding of uh, the guy and you're just like, all right, you know, you're right. You're not kind of, you, you rushed into this, not knowing what you were getting into, but I just, I don't know. Meh, meh. That, that's about what I have on this movie. It's me. It was definitely like a good movie, but me Zach. So, so I watched this uh, in two parts, which I do with a lot of movies these days, just for time. And um, and I finished the first half, and I was like, this movie is a whole lot of fun. Their chemistry is fucking amazing for obvious reasons. For for reasons, <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> um. <laughs> And I was loving it, but you no, know, I paused and you know went to bed, went to work. On my drive to work the next day, I'm like, they're gonna fuck this movie up because it's 1942, aren't they? And then I watched the second half, and the second half just pissed me off so much. I did not like it at all. Um, not only because of the suggestion that you know the movie where it says he has that line where she wins woman of the year and he's like, Oh, they're going to find out she's hardly a woman at all or not even a woman at all. Or whatever he says, because, yeah. because she can't take care of a kid and she's not a doting wife. Like she's supposed to be. And, and then it's almost like character assassination of who she was by making her look so dumb and incompetent about other things. And it, beyond the message of what it was trying to say to women at the time, I just thought it was kind of poorly handled. So yeah, really soured me on the movie overall because um you know despite their excellent chemistry i ha- i had a hard time sympathizing with uh spencer tracy's character cuz he just came off as kind of whiny and entitled because sam craig a bitch yeah <laughs> cuz yeah okay you you want your partner if you get married you you should receive love and respect and attention and but he also just didn't consider who she was, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. If you go into a relationship with that caliber of woman who is career oriented Mm -hmm. and very well respected 
and a woman of the world and you go into it expecting that she's going to start doting on you you're the problem yeah yeah you were you were trying to you were trying to dull that woman's sparkle and she does not deserve that yeah all right well let's let's shift on over to talking about the writing yeah yeah i mean it's if we look at the writing of just the words on the page the it's it's the message in itself from the film you, you, it was bad like it, it's 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 the where i went immediately like and it took i can't believe it took this long but the second she started cooking that breakfast i was like no this this is where the movie completely turned me against it you know and and i was watching this with leanne today and I said to her, I like this scene. I don't like where it's placed. Mm-hmm. Sure. If this scene, <clears throat> sorry about that. If this scene had happened in like the beginning of the second act or like right after they got married and she was just like, I want to try making you breakfast. And then she was just, yeah, I can she, see that. you yeah. know, she's this, she's this well-to-do woman who, who is very, sociable and respected and again, career oriented. And then she's like, I want to try to do because, because we're married now or, you know, not trying to say that she needs to get into right. Like, like more domestic work, but her being like, Oh, I want to be sweet. And I want to try to make you breakfast just as, just as a, to show you, I love you. And then she bucks it all up. And it's kind of one of these things like, Hey, look, she's, she can be silly and she's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then and then that would he, be cute. And then he ends the scene with like, "Ha ha, that's that's my new wife." Ah, God, I love you so much. I'd be like, "Oh man, this is this is such a fun scene, right?" But for it to be where it is at the end of the movie, and it's, uh, I, it, this is this is a quote that I read uh, that it's Tess quote had to get her comeuppance for being too strong, too strong in a man's world. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, is bullshit. Yeah, yeah, and and. And, and like you said, I mean, I, I could even look at that, even where it was placed as kind of a cute scene, like her just trying to do something nice. If if you look at it like that, it's the second she says the line, I'm going to quit my job. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, no, fuck this movie. <laughs> like, yeah. So that's that is right there. What this movie was about was know your role. Yeah. And then. And then the the last button of the movie being him beating up her fucking yeah her assistant yeah like who I loved I loved yeah. that guy oh, he was wonderful <laughs> yeah the the she said you'd make me eggs if I'm hungry I, I am uh, I'm, I'm hungry <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck, that was great <laughs> yeah again like the first half of the movie the writing uh the all the like the baseball scene was amazing. Oh uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh like, yeah. Immediately, a, a scene that's like, "Wow, I'm rooting for these two to get together." Right. Yep. And it's just, it was sweet. It was charming. And I sent that little clip of like when they first met in the movie. It's like an important scene in Hollywood history because mm-hmm. you, you could tell just looking at each other that they had that immediate like fireworks going off. And oh yeah, <laughs> and Hep- Hepburn gets that bombshell entrance too. Mm-hmm. Like they come into the the office and we're first focused on her leg, and then it like 
pans over to her face and she is just as gorgeous as she can be. Yeah. And yeah, it, uh, it just took a tonal shift. Um, once, once she adopted the, the Greek refugee, I think that was like, that was the point yeah. where I was like, what are we doing here? And then, and then the scene where, uh, her dad and, oh gosh, what, what is her name? Uh, yeah. her flow. Ellie. Ellie. Oh, Ellie Whitcomb. Yeah. When they get married, that's a very sweet scene, but yeah. but the the vows go on so long and focusing on her face and the focus on the uh like she has this sudden realization and shift that oh, I want to be a good wife and it just it yeah. didn't feel or sincere and, and that could have been done the exact same way with a completely different message at the end it's like oh this is love this is what partnership is i Not- i think i think it's immediately fixed if we get if we get a similar scene with spencer tracy Mm. Yeah, it's like right, oh, right. I, absolutely. I, yep, I've not been very understanding, and I'm not the best husband. Maybe I should learn. And like the two of them coming to this conclusion right. around the same. Wow, we should we some kind we of need compromise. to work together more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which brings up that whole like again the, the just the points that don't make sense to me. Like, why did he not go? I feel like in the film that was something that could have been important if he would have gone to the wedding. The the note itself stressed the importance of both of them right. to be there. So, and then for him just going, no, I got to go fight. I got to go to, it's like, all right, well, I guess we're just going to brush off the importance that was, that note had placed. Right. So it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I tell you what, I would love to see a modern remake of this film. Yeah. It's one in the seventies. Apparently I, yeah. A TV remake. Really? Yeah. With Joseph Baloney. <laughs> Cause I mean, this is, I mean, I you could kind of rom-com this, and it's, I, I feel like there probably is something very similar. I just can't think of it right now, but yeah. yeah. Uh, there is a 1981 Broadway musical of the same name. Yeah. Well. Well. As long as so, it's not Sandra Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, the, the last 15 minutes of this movie didn't test well. Yeah, I need to go read what it was or maybe you can tell us what it was uh here i can i can read it to you verbatim off of la wikipedia yes please the film was originally shot with a different ending but it proved unpopular in test screenings the decision was made to change it and the final 15 minutes of the film were rewritten and shot now this was against Catherine hepburn's wishes that makes who, sense who of course brought in the script to mankovitz and him louis b mayer and george stevens the director a director I'm a huge fan of. We'll yeah. Get into that in a little bit. Uh, all decided that because this ending didn't test well, they were going to reshoot it. Mm. So this is the ending. Uh, Sam went missing after returning the child of the orphanage. So, so the Greek refugee child is still in this version of the movie. Uh, while he was supposed to write an article about an upcoming boxing match, Tess decides to take over for him and visits the gym to learn about the fight. Sam, who is in a language school trying to learn French and Spanish to quote unquote be important, is shocked when he sees the article. So, so this is kind of mm. there, there's a little bit more, but this is kind of what I was saying. There's he's he's trying to better himself for her, and she's trying to learn a little about his world to yeah. help him. So, yeah, so there's a little bit of give and take there, and I like that. Right. Uh. So he goes to the fight where he encounters Tess. She insists that she did the work to be a, quote, good wife. 
and states her dedication to Sam. He says that he does not want either extreme. He just wants her to be Tess Harding Craig. This is this such a better ending. Yeah, it I is. Don't, I don't know how it plays on screen, but like immediately that solves some of the problems, not all of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Man. Um, I also want to bring up the, uh, the wedding night movie or the wedding night scene. I enjoyed the uh, look from every guest. The guy, hey, we know what you guys are going to do. <laughs> um, like they, they, they hinted at a lot of stuff that I was like, this is like, not even hinted. It's basically like, oh yeah, this is what's going on. Uh, even bringing up the fact that, uh, what was he's like, every time, you know, I try to talk to you, you just make love to me. Like, oh shit. <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> that's that's about the sexiest you could get at the Hayes Code. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say. I feel like it kind of uh, well, well, well tested the, the limit a little bit. There, there was one one scene in particular that uh, did shake me a bit mm. when, he, when he comes in from work and she says, "Hello, Daddy." Oh my God, dude! I was like, <laughs> so I actually was like. Dude, what, did we get a time skip? Like, do they have a kid somewhere? Because what the fuck? The way she said that, I was like, <laughs> okay, I, you know, I'm not so much into that, but the way she said it, right? Her saying it, yeah, something about it. <laughs> and with, and with all those pantsuits and her throwing out all that bisexual energy, I'm for it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, that was good. Yeah. So, but it's a shame that the ending goes as it does because it yeah it sours a movie that I was really enjoying. Exactly. Like it just and, and what's really fun is uh so knowing nothing about going into this movie, I was like, "Oh, are we getting a baseball movie?" Cuz I would have loved that. Oh yeah. And then it was like, "No, we're getting a lot more sports in this movie than I was expecting." So I I don't know, man. Like this movie was really fun and then and then it's like, hey, and then that kid be, shows up, and you're just like, sexist. Yeah, "Yeah, what the fuck?" Um, also, were subtitles at any point supposed to be there with the kid? Because no, it doesn't look like it. it I hate it when movies do that, um, where you're focused on these two as if you're supposed to know what they're saying, and you don't. So we know the kid was unhappy with living with her. Do we know why? I, I think she just wasn't giving him the time that. He, she needed to give him. And yeah. I think, I think there could be some story there. Yeah. They would have done a little more with it other yeah. than just being like, she doesn't care about no kids. Like, mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how much, uh, we aren't really shown how much time has passed. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, it's a kind of the same problem we had with great McGinty where it just skips around in time. Yeah. And I mean, we don't, this, yeah really know how long they've been together. It seems like maybe a week. Like, See, that's the thing I was about yeah. to say. I was like, yeah, it just feels like this whole thing could have been a week. I mean, there there are some visual cues from here to there when he goes to like, he's watching baseball at the beginning and then they're, they're watching the football game and it's snowing and then they're watching a football game and it's not snowing. And I was like, okay, so yeah. it's at least gone from sometime in the summer to the winter, but mm-hmm. I still don't have like a good exactly with that kid were were they with that kid for like two three days like yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, well gents uh anybody got any additional notes um no i mean for those that don't 
No, I mean, this Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn met on the set of this movie and then had a relationship until his death. Um, yeah, he w- he was already mostly separated from his wife. Yeah, but she wouldn't grant him a divorce. Right, and uh, Howard Hughes wasn't very happy with Hepburn. Mm. Yeah, a lot of lot of weird relationship stuff going on with them. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, they would have lunch in his dressing room every single day while he worked while he worked for MGM. Like the whole time he was under contract with MGM, they had lunch in his dressing room. Nice, excellent. That's that's sweet. And I also like. I also like that we're going to be watching their last movie together too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, just a little teaser for everyone out there. Teaser, teaser. All right. Well, let's get into our worsty judgments then. And Zach. Hello. How are you? Hello, Daddy. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) A little twinge there. Um, Does this movie deserve Best Original Screenplay? I disappointed myself. I wasn't able to watch any of the other nominees. But I can can start off by saying I think Mrs. Miniver has a better script. (laughs) Um. Yeah, but so, it, it was adapted, so. Oh, yeah. Yep. It, and it won for adapted. That's right. That's right. Or best screenplay, as they were calling it. I yeah. <sighs> I'm stuck in a place where, because of how I feel about it, I want to say no, <laughs> even if I haven't seen the others, because I feel like awarding the, the writing is patriarchal and misogynistic. But, <laughs> you know, it's hard not to watch, look at it from a modern lens, because I was raised by a strong woman who was career oriented and but she also had time for her family and, and there's a small little line there right at the end where like you know he says i just want you to be mrs craig uh harding um where it's almost like okay we could do this but there's not enough subtext around it um and no i'm gonna say no i don't think it does all right um, I'm kind of with you on the, I didn't see anything else, uh, but it's, it is so good. Two thirds of the movie, honestly, like it really is. It is well-written. It's, it's, <laughs> I think a, a solid, uh, foundation for a lot of the, uh, romantic comedies or even just romantic dramas that we have nowadays. I mean, you can see definitely the bones there for everything that we see now. Um, and I feel like it just, like you said, just didn't stick the landing mm. or really it just kind of took a freaking nosedive. They so, catered to the audience. Yeah. And I don't know. It, 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 yeah. I'm just kind of with you. I just don't think it does. But again, looking at it in that modern lens that it's, it's just so problematic. So Paul. All right. So I try to watch as many of these as I can, as I could this week. So um, quick rundown. I could not find a copy of The War Against Mrs. Hadley, so I did not get to see that film at all. Darn. Wake Island, I got a copy of, but the file was so corrupted, I wasn't able to watch it. So but but it, I'll, I'll say that the way that it was shaping up in the like, 10 minutes that I tried to get through, hoping that maybe the file would even out somewhere along the way, um, it seemed like pretty basic 40s World War II pro-american okay. propaganda so yeah yeah it, it was about the battle of wake island uh which they uh compared to the alamo at one point in the opening and i was like well the alamo's 
uh, racist horseshit. So uh, you're not you're not getting me on your side there. Yeah. I think they also I think they also compared him to General Custer, which again, uh, whoa, Jesus. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not saying that the Battle of Wake Island is in any way, shape, or form comparable to those two things, but this movie seemed to think it was. <laughs> Um, so yay, whitewashing of history. So I'm just going to go ahead and put the 10 minutes. I watched that at the bottom. I'm, I'm sure the mm. men whose lives were lost in the battle of Wake Island deserve better. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I wish I got, got to see this whole movie because I, I do like a bit of propaganda. I'm, I'm not swayed by it. So I'm able to like, right. View it rationally as a piece of art instead of what it is. Uh, so uh, so I'm just going to go ahead and put that at number number three of the two in, two movies in ten minutes of one that I watched. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. no. I'm going to put it at my number two because my number three is going to go Road to Morocco, which was really racist. And very racist. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was a real shame because like the opening like ten minutes of it was a lot of fun. And then suddenly we get to Morocco and there's a lot of brown face. And there is a there is uh, some ableist jokes for a uh, I never remember the term and I'm sorry, mentally handicapped, mm-hmm. intellectually disabled. Thank you. Intellectually disabled. And I feel like shit now. Um, there's <laughs> there's ableist jokes at the expense of men, uh, intellectually disabled people. And that wasn't fun. So right. not only was this character in brownface. But he was ableist. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so so that's going down about number three. That movie, not good. Don't watch it. I will not. So the 10 minutes of Wake Island and all its rah-rah propaganda that it was was better than the racist, ableist, sexist fucking movie that was Road to Morocco. And I'm going to be watching another one of those soon because Road to Utopia is nominated later on. Oh, nice. is that like a series or something? Yes. Oh. And this isn't even the first one. Wow. And uh, my good friend Anna, who is also a old Hollywood film buff, showed me uh, still from one of the other movies. I don't remember which one. And just that still alone made me never want to see them. <laughs> <laughs> was that posted on your question of, because uh, I remember you posting something that was like, and any, uh, what Let's are the odds of blackface? Games. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so no blackface. Lots of brown face. <laughs> mm. Yay! Uh, it's just going to keep happening. Okay. Uh, so the other one that I got to watch was one of our aircraft is missing, but Powell <laughs> Pressburger. Which, okay, so, <laughs> so the opening of the movie is guys in a plane doing bombing runs mm-hmm. in Germany. A bunch of British guys. And all you can hear... And the copy that is on Tubi that I watched is the droning of the plane engines. And the people trying to like this. In British accent. Yeah. <laughs> but once their plane crashes and goes missing, as the title implies, mm-hmm. uh, they they go into this like uh, Dutch town and are helped by the 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 uh, townsfolk. And uh, it actually turns into a, a pretty nice movie. Hmm. Um, so it's free on Tubi. I actually, I actually suggest this film. Okay. okay. 
Okay. So out of these five, because again, this is another year where like all my favorite films of the year are based on something else. Magnificent Ambersons comes out this year. It's based on a novel. Mrs. Miniver comes out. It's based on newspaper columns. Mm-hmm. Pride of the Yankees comes out. It's based on a different story. Yeah. So, so, uh, Pressburger's nominated over in the, um, over in the best screenplay for 49th parallel too. Oh yeah. So, uh, uh, woman of the year, I think is going to go up my number two, basically once again, road to Morocco is super racist and mm-hmm. wake Island is propaganda that I only got to watch 10 minutes of. So this movie dealt like falls into a bunch of sexist tropes and is kowtowing to the Hayes code and is, mm, yeah. But it's still going up my number two. And it's a shame. I love George Stevens. I like uh it's a shame that you know he's about to go overseas and, and his brain is <laughs> yeah. fundamentally going to break and he's only gonna make really great but very depressing films after this. Yeah. <laughs> um so it's nice to see him at least get to have some fun yeah before, you know, uh like a giant and anyway. Yeah. Uh so no, I don't think this deserves it. I really don't. I, I, I wish they could have stuck. If they would have stuck the ending, I think maybe I would have said yes. But yeah, because they blow, they blow like a seventh inning lead so late, and yeah. you know, and it it was a shame. Yep. All right. Well, Zach. Yeah. Is this the worst best original screenplay? You know what. We've had two really good films before this, so I do have it as my worst. I um, I was thinking about what I was going to rate this movie, and I gave the first half four stars. I gave the second half one star, and it came out to two and a half. Maybe it sounds a little harsh, but that's what I gave it. Two and a half stars, and it's my worst original screenplay so far. All right. Um, it is my worst. I think I've given it three stars. Uh, just because I did enjoy a large portion of this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that nosedive that takes at the end that just spits in the face of the rest of it. So, yeah, yeah this th- this is the worst so far. Paul? Yeah, this is the worst. Um, I mean, it's... It's, it's nose citizen citizen. Kane. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I can't believe that. We're going to have to keep saying that. It's the most cliche thing that you could fucking right. say. Yeah. It's, I mean, Citizen Kane is the Citizen Kane of movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it not even not even a question. Like yeah. my other my other two in the category are five and four and a half stars. And I gave this one three, I think. Yep. All right. Well, I think that is where we are going to call it this evening. My name is Altor Nockham. You can't find me. Or my name is Jonathan Pierce. <laughs> you can find me on the Twitter, the Twitch, the TikToks, and on Letterboxd at Altor underscore Ockham. This week I Watch Starship Troopers again because fuck you. I wanted to watch Starship Troopers. Yeah. That movie just, God, it is so great. Love it. Watch it again. If you've been like, well, what do I want to watch? Just put on Starship Troopers. Don't even think about it. Yeah. And Zach, where can we find you? You can find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, Letterboxd by searching my name. I finally went to the theaters and saw that. Really old movie by now, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Awesome, oh. I've seen it. <laughs> I enjoyed myself. Caitlin and I enjoyed ourselves, and it was. Um, I think P- Paul said probably word for word what I felt like. You know, I I when one of these 
MCU movies is this good. It feels like a, a revolutionary act or something. It, it's, <laughs> I have issues with it. You know, I wish we could get a competent villain in moments when it matters. Like, I don't know. It seems like a thing like they're, they're terrible villains. They're really bad. And then finally, when the confrontation happens, they shit the bed or something. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, other than that, it was a, it was a good film. And uh, yeah, Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Shark Dress Men on TikTok, where Joseph Tappy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related content. You can follow me at Father of Fear across Twitter and Letterboxd, where I keep a running tally of all the movies I watch. And this past Saturday, I, me and Joe went and saw a triple feature. Ooh. First time I've gotten to do that in a long time. Nice. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this one a little bit more tomorrow, but I went and saw Fast X. Mm-hmm. which I love how dumb these movies are. They're so much fun. <laughs> and and I keep listening to like reviews of it. People are like, why Why did they do this? And why did they do this? I'm like, who cares? Why Why are you thinking about this so much? Right. If you're asking but, those kind of questions, 10 movies into this franchise. just. But the, the, the one question that I think is worth asking is, why the fuck is Paul Walker's character still alive? Three movies after he died in real life. Because it's distracting. Yeah. Wow. It's I've... very distracting. How do they even do that? I mean, I, I don't know. They just left him alive. And then, so like. Like they just talk about him or. <laughs> yeah, they'll just bring him up like randomly. And they'll just be like, Brian's watching the kids. So we can't come. <laughs> Why? I, I mean. I get how when it would have been to have killed him in seven. So that's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) They should have killed him in the last one or killed him in this one. It's, it's, it's past time that it needed to happen because it's very, very distracting. And like Dom, Zach, I know you don't follow these movies. Uh, (laughs) They introduced Dom's uh, bastard child in eight. And now he is a young man. Well, Brian, fucking Paul Walker's character, is married to Dom's sister, and they have a kid who you see in Seven. So this kid is around. So in this movie, Dom and Letty have to go rescue the rest of the team from the setup that they got stuck in. And they're like, we're going to leave. We're going to the the little kid's name is Brian. Little Brian. We're going to leave little Brian with Mia. And then Mia's hanging out with little Brian and they live in the same city. Where the fuck is her kid? Brian's just watching her kid. Why isn't he hanging out with his cousin? This is so distracting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, okay, I I really don't want to get this much into the movie. But then in one random scene, they're like, he's he's uh, Jason Momoa's character going after everybody. But it's okay. Brian and Mia are safe. Why didn't you send your child with them? <laughs> because now he's part of this adventure and he's hanging out with John Cena through the whole movie. This shit's so dumb. <laughs> it's mm. it's the silliest. Yeah. Um, but uh, I also went and saw the new Robert Rodriguez film, Hypnotic, which is the best movie of 1993. <laughs> and I mean that as positively as possible. I enjoyed that film, but... It would have been like the best film in 1993. Fair. Uh, and uh, the best film I saw of the triple feature. Are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. 
I'm nice. glad you finally got to see that. Oh my god, I'm so happy. And my review is just being a kid is hard and everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> that movie didn't lie. Mm. Mm. So, mm. See, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Immediately. Yes. And what are we watching next week, Zach? Well, uh, I guess we're going to do a, a birthday episode. And is it my birthday? I believe so. Okay. I was looking at a couple movies here. And I was thinking, if, you, if we're down with watching two... I'll go with a couple that kind of blend my uh, film experience throughout my life. I'll start with Snoopy Come Home from 1974. Ooh. And then we'll finish with Barton Fink, the Coen Brothers film. The, the perfect the perfect pairing of films. Indeed. <laughs> awesome. That's what we'll do. Awesome. Well, then that's what we will do. But what we're going to do now is thank... Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We're thanking Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We're thanking Megan and Jay Belby for our beautiful artwork. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarsDePod and on Facebook at the OscarsDePod Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice reply. So our review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify it really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Oh, mucho yago, I don't have a funny quip, but give us five stars. Daddy. And yes. <laughs> so, or Jonathan and Zach and Catherine Hepburn's bisexual energy. We'd like for you all to have a damn fine day.